is Jim Williams. Welcome to the Getting Through Podcast, our premiere episode. Super excited uh, to have you all uh, with us here. Super amazed, frankly, that we've gotten to this point. It's been quite the journey. Really, again, uh, super excited that you're taking the time to listen in. So let's start with why Getting Through exists and how we found ourselves here. Let's just take it from this year. When this year started, I was, from a career perspective, kind of in a rut. I was running a business in Canada. I was traveling regularly to Canada, had an apartment um, in old Montreal, which is absolutely beautiful, by the way, if you have a chance to to go visit Canada, I highly recommend old Montreal as a place to uh, spend some time. And really, I uh, got that assignment, um, I don't know, back in the late spring, early summer, and thought it'd be a great opportunity. I'd worked in Canada before when I in my years with Best Buy, but I had uh, never on a regular basis gone up there like I was now every single week. And as I was traveling back and forth uh, to Canada, and, and it should be a lot easier than, uh, than it appears to be. I know a lot of us here in the U.S. look at Canada as almost like a suburb of the U.S., and I assure you it is not. It is its own distinct, actually wonderful country with just wonderful people and quite a diversity of experiences as you travel across the vastness that is Canada. So as I was running this business out of Montreal, I spent time from the Atlantic and, and the Maritimes uh, on, in eastern Canada, all the way out to Vancouver. So lots of uh, airport time, lots of where I was in my career, and what I really wanted maybe the, the next phase of my professional life uh, to look. And as I was reflecting on this and, and going through this, this journey, I uh, began to think more and more about the book that I had started so many years ago. And that book was the story of my son, Kyle, and his battle with cancer. And the I like to call them the, the lessons he taught me, the simple truths he taught me during his battle that ultimately gave me the wherewithal to get through not only his illness, but his uh, subsequent and tragic passing. I have all this time on my hands doing a lot of traveling. The business I was in is, uh, I like to call different types of businesses and frame them as degrees of difficulty. This was a high degree of difficulty business. And, you know, it took a lot of time and effort to be effective and, and as a leader uh, of this business, especially because it was in the throes of a turnaround, uh, which had really, was really been the kind of how I've spent the last 15 years of my professional life is either turning around poor performing businesses or going in and transforming. I have this time on my hands. I start thinking about the book. I start thinking about what I had started so many years ago with my wife, Leslie, who was a major contributor to the blog that we had started kind of journaling what we were experiencing with Kyle and the things he was doing and saying and teaching and all of the experiences that we had. And I began to start to really think about the power of what this ultimately could look like and why I felt so great about the potential of, of doing this. I more and more clear that this was going to be the pathway that I was gonna to wanna to take, which was to become a writer and, and really author this book. One of the things you gotta kinda of keep in mind here as, you, as you're thinking through this is that I have a big job and I'm traveling and I'm 
doing all kinds of interesting things and really experiencing all kinds of things. Uh, and writing a book really didn't seem possible at the time. So, you know, we get into the new year, into 2023, and I get a phone call. And we had a pretty big leadership change at the company I was with. And I kind of knew that my time in this business was, was was coming to an end. And, you know, we all get these kind of phone calls at some point in our careers, maybe. Um, this was kind of the second time I've had this uh, experience specifically. And this one was like, look, Jim, you've done some amazing things for us, but we're going to be reorganizing the business. You know, when you first hear something like that, it kind of takes your breath away. And I said, okay. Really, actually, it turned out being an incredibly healthy conversation about moving into this next phase of my life. And I had been talking to and considering other leadership opportunities in what you might call the corporate world. And so I, I, I wasn't really worried about finding my next leadership opportunity, but I was more and more thinking about the book and what I wanted to do. So days, weeks kind of clicking by and I decide, you know what, I'm going to go and I'm going to read, reread all of the journal entries. And my goodness gracious, it took my breath away. And I felt like, wow, this is a story that really, really has to be told. And I had to think about very, uh, very cautiously, frankly, how I wanted to tell it because even though so much time had passed, you know, Kyle passed in, in 2011, we're now in 2023. So, you know, this is a 12 year journey that we've been on as a family. And I really felt like, am I capable of really giving this story justice, Kyle's story justice? You know, as I continued to read the blog and got to the end of it, it had 60,000 words of content. And I felt like, okay, I've got an unbelievable framework of a book here. And I had never written a book, really had never studied how a book actually gets written. What are the things that you've got to be considerate of? So I go out to ChatGPT, which has become one of my new best friends, the new Google it. I chat GPT, how to write a book. And a bunch of different things come up in the answer. And it talked about, you know, the three different ways of going to write a book. You can just throw it up on Amazon which a lot of people do and have great success doing. There's the regular publishing route. You know, you go and sell the story essentially to a big publishing house. They either like it or don't. If they do like it, then you work through negotiating what it means for them to essentially buy the story. And then you, you know, you work with them to get the story kind of developed. And that could take many, many years to do. And then the last option, and the option that I ultimately went with, was hybrid publishing, where I picked out who I thought were three good ones, took some recommendations from, from one of my coaches. I have a couple of them <laughs> who, uh, who, um, who shared a name. And I ended up interviewing three hybrid publishers, and I ended up going with, with Paley, who's the head of Onyx Publishing, and she's over in the UK. And we had a pretty deep conversation during the, what I guess I would call an interview process. And, but I really felt like Haley was especially engaged in the story. So I said to all three, I said, Hey, look, I'll send you the manuscript. I'd love for you to take a read of kind of what I've come up with. And I've kind of set this up as, you know, the journal entries from each one of those days, moments, those experiences of kind of how I was thinking, why I was thinking, what I was thinking, what Leslie was thinking. And, you know, by then the book had ballooned from 60,000 words to 
72,000 words, which was a massive jump, right? I mean, this was a significant expansion of the book. So all three ended up reading it, um, had some feedback back and forth, and I was really struck by how Haley was processing the story and really the, frankly, just the emotion at which she shared her perspective of the manuscript and how powerful a story she thought uh, it was going to be. And so I chose her. Um, I chose Onyx Publishing as our as our hybrid publishing partner, and she's been great to work with. Of course, I'm an incredibly impatient uh, partner. I want more and more content as she structurally kind of frames up the manuscript and, and helps me put all of the requisite detail into place, which is all part of writing a book that I didn't uh, give enough kind of credit to. The book is done um, for all intents and purposes. It's in editing uh, as we speak now here on the, uh, the 13th, 14th of December. Pretty humbled by the fact that Kyle gave me this amazing opportunity. And, you know, this gets me to, you know, I guess why getting through exists and why I felt that getting through was not only a great title for the book, and again, the subtitle being the worst possible thing, which I think many people would say losing a child is the worst possible thing that someone could go through. And, you know, I, I don't know whether or not it gives me great and deep credibility in this whole entire mindset that I came to be taught by my six-year-old, five and six-year-old, because he taught me these lessons during his battle and being diagnosed at five and only living until he was six is really underneath why getting through as a company, as an entity now exists. Again, remember, I started with the point of view that I wanted to write a book and my coach thought it was a really good idea it became more and more clear that I was going to have to go out and, or I was going to have to consider going out and creating a speaking business, right? How do I go out and speak to people about the getting through story, right? The, the story of Kyle, the lessons he taught. I start to frame up what a company might look like. Now, again, I'm a business person. I've been leading businesses from the millions to billions of dollars since the late, well, early 90s, I think was when I first got uh, the keys to my first retail store that did about eight or nine million dollars in revenue a year. And I'd run businesses, you know, over a billion dollars uh, during the course of my career. And I've had a great career. I mean, I've been so blessed to work for some amazing people, learn from some amazing leaders, and work for some not so great people and not so great leaders. But the reality is, is all of that has kind of brought me to where I found myself getting people through their worst possible things. And as this company framework started to get get clearer to me, you know, starting with the book, moving to speaking engagements, it became pretty obvious that in 2023, podcasting is a big part of how stories get told, how lessons get learned, how really great and amazing thinkers come together to share points of view on a variety of subjects and topics. So the Getting Through podcast was born. And I thought, well, if I'm going to have a book and I'm going to go out and talk about the book, then I probably should have a podcast. And I had no idea how to build, write a book, as I mentioned earlier. I had no idea on how to go out on the speaking circuit. I still haven't quite figured that out yet. I was like so floored that, that this 
started to become more and more clear to me. And the Getting Through podcast is a critical piece of this purpose, of this mission of helping people get through their worst possible things. How I found myself to this mission is really due to my son, Kyle. And as hard as this is for me to wrap my own head around, and I'm sure those of you listening to me for the first time, you're trying to wrap your head around this, is that my six-year-old son taught me more about leadership and care and compassion than anyone I've ever had the opportunity to meet. As I approach the rest of my professional life and my personal life, everything in my full life, this is going to be the way I frame it, is how do I help people, businesses, organizations get through whatever their worst thing is in the moment? You, my audience, uh, the guests I'm going to bring on the podcast in the weeks and months ahead are going to do amazing things to make this a great place for people to come and learn about how they can create the right mindsets to get through life's most difficult, I like to call them worst things. Because remember, every time we get up in the morning, or every time sometimes I get up in the morning, not every time, but oftentimes when I get up in the morning, I've said to myself over my life, if I can just get through this day, if I can just get through this class, if I can just get through this meeting, if I can just get through this conversation. In those moments, some of these things may be the worst possible things, right? It's Or the most challenging things. And what's kind of interesting and maybe even somewhat beautiful about the whole getting through mindset is that it's in the eye of the beholder. My worst possible thing and someone who's listening to me today's version of their worst possible thing could be very, very different. And that's okay. That's really healthy. It's what makes us so interesting as humans is that we're all unique and we all have very different journeys. We may have some consistencies in our journeys, some things in common, but how we experience those journeys are all about the uniqueness of us. So I'm really, really excited to bring on guests and ultimately get insight and feedback from the audience Uh, as you share your getting through stories or feel comfortable with sharing your getting through stories. Because there's a level of transparency that comes with sharing getting through stories that uh, you got to become comfortable with. And, you know, some people in my life, that's just not how they roll. They don't, they're not as, as free flowing or transparent about really challenging situations that they've had in their lives. And that's okay. I'm not judging in any way, shape or form. I don't know if I was always like this either. But Uh, this is really uh, the story of the Getting Through podcast within the context of the Getting Through Transformation Company. The story of a little boy who taught me to get through. My son Kyle was born in 2004. Even his birth was somewhat bumpy and challenging. I remember, never forget the night that Leslie's water broke. And when we got to the hospital, they kept telling us that her water didn't break, but we were pretty certain of it. We, you know, went through a very long kind of labor process and nobody really knew what quite was going on, you know, maybe nine or so months prior, <laughs> but the hospital was jammed with women giving birth. We were lucky enough to get there early in the morning as fate would have it. So we actually got a room and 
I mean, they were telling us during the course of the day, because his, his birthing process went on for quite, quite a length of time, that you know they were putting women in like the basement. They were run, literally running out of room. So Kyle comes into this world, and for those of you that are parents, you may recall back to that first child and all kinds of books you can read, and there's all kinds of things you can learn from your parents and get guidance and so on and so forth. But that moment that that baby's born, and I actually think the moment that you leave the hospital, that's when it becomes really, really obvious that, man, you're moving into a new phase of life. You know, for us and for me, very specifically, I can recall being scared to death that I didn't put the car seat in right. I must have checked it a thousand times as we pulled away from the hospital with our baby boy in the back seat. I thought, my goodness gracious, this man, life has just taken a significant turn at that moment in, in time. Life couldn't have been better. You know, we were living in Chicago, as I said at the time, and the story of Kyle and Kyle's journey of, of how he got there, especially not getting into a ton of detail here, but, you know, getting pregnant was challenging. Um, Leslie went through a number of kind of health-related issues uh, that were, were a challenge and difficult. I'm sure she'd be comfortable with me sharing at least some of this. And, um, you know, it was, it was just, he was a miracle in so many, so many ways. I'm not going to say the next couple of years were a blur, but we had moved from New York to Cleveland, Cleveland to Chicago, and this was all before Kyle was two. You know, the move from Cleveland to Chicago when Leslie was pregnant was not an easy one. The person, the boss who I really came to work with had departed, and I was working for someone very different. I was a new father, not necessarily a new husband, but we were still figuring the marriage thing out. We were only a couple of years into that. Kyle was, was such a joyous part of it, and he was such a joy all in all, I just look back on this time and with such fondness and such gratefulness, the story of how Kyle taught me to get through uh, probably started before he was actually diagnosed with cancer, although I use that as kind of the key inflection point of my life experience. And when my life prior to Kyle being sick and my life after Kyle got diagnosed, are two very different lives, and I'm sure all of you listening can understand that. The first few years were just phenomenal, so joyous in so many ways. Even though I think, you know, looking back, I was less than the perfect father, less than the perfect husband. I was gone a lot for work. I traveled a lot for work. Even when I was home, I was engaged in work, really trying to do what I thought was the best and right thing for our family, which is to get promoted as quickly as I could to make more money to provide. And, you know, that's not a terrible thing. Uh, looking back and having the benefit of context and experience and maturing, I can certainly see where, you know, I missed the mark on a number of different scenarios in my life. But all that being said, you know, we were out on the water regularly in the summer. We got ourselves a bigger boat and we ended up moving from the chain of lakes, which is in northern Illinois, kind of into southern Wisconsin, out to Lake Michigan, which was a completely new and fun experience of almost like we experienced when we lived on Long Island. Kyle, you know, was part of all of that, always, always, always with us. And part of what we were, you know, really trying to, uh, to do as a family, which is, you know, be a family. And then, you know, I was given the opportunity to get a promotion at work, and which caused me to travel even more. I ended up 
leading a big chunk of the Geek Squad business for Best Buy. So I was traveling a ton. I was gone a lot over this 18-ish to 24-month period. For yet another call came, hey, Jim, we had this opportunity up in Minneapolis. We'd love for you to consider. So when we moved to, uh, to Minneapolis and we bought what we thought was our dream house in Maple Grove, Minnesota, I had this great job with Best Buy, and everything was just, you know, kind of, I thought, was moving along swimmingly. Little did we know that this disease was likely already in play in our little boy's body. And, you know, after being in Minneapolis for um, a year, year and a half maybe, um, you know, I got the fateful call um, that, hey, Kyle's really, really sick. That is the story of Kyle and told in a very rough fashion up until the moment of that call. That's where the story of a little boy who taught me how to get through really, really began. That moment of diagnosis, November 13th, 2009. So what getting through might mean to you? I was lucky enough earlier on in my journey at Best Buy to work in Cleveland, Ohio, as I mentioned. And I want to share a quick story about a getting through moment that might be applicable to you, might not be applicable to you. It's traumatic, it's challenging, it's difficult, but it's not quite losing a child um, or having a child diagnosed with cancer suggests. So, but I think this story might put you in the right frame as you think about your own life. And I was uh, in doing a one-on-one with one of my leaders and I could just tell that there was something off. There was something not right. And I asked permission to take the conversation away from the business, which for this particular leader, his business performance was fantastic. He was such an amazing example of an engaged servant leader. And his people loved him. His store operations were strong. I mean, he was just a great example of what great leadership looks like. And oh, by the way, he's gone on to have an amazing career and an amazing family. But in this particular moment in his life, Once he was given permission to bring up kind of his personal life, it all just came flowing out. And he shared that he had learned that his wife was cheating on him. And he was newly married, newly moved into this this job, this area. I mean, he was going through massive amounts of change. And when somebody shares that kind of getting through moment with you, which I am sure for him at that moment was the worst possible thing that could happen, you've really got two choices. You can engage, show humanity and empathy, or you can disengage and change the subject for whatever reason. And I don't know if that point in my career, people would have seen me as the most, the example of empathy. (laughs) Um, I chose to go down the humanity route. Him and I talked for two hours about uh, his feelings, how he was feeling about this, kind of bantered about what he was going to do about it, how he should be thinking about it. For those of you that are new to the getting through kind of audience or get, you're all new to the audience of the podcast, of course, because this is the premiere episode, but you may not have seen any of our uh, social media content or listened to any of my quick video clips. I mean, this was, in my opinion, a moment of truth for me as a human being. And it's such a good example of why leadership really matters within the context of business if you're in a people business and most every business has people as part of the equation this is where leadership really really matters and you have to meet people where they are 
this particular getting through moment, getting through infidelity, it was about empathy and who knew now what I know now, right? The mindset framework that I developed through the lessons he taught me that the power of empathy would have shown up in that office back in Cleveland, Ohio. So let's talk a little bit about how the power of mindset applies to your whole life, personally and professionally. So I've alluded to this a few times during this episode, and and I want to share uh, very specifically the mindset framework that Kyle taught me through his journey. I wasn't as present then as I certainly am now, and I wasn't picking up everything that he was laying down, but I certainly know now. And I frame this uh, mindset that he taught me really in the context of an iceberg. And most of you know that what's most worrisome about an iceberg is not what happens above the waterline, it's what happens below the waterline. And what sunk the Titanic was not, if they had just hit that iceberg head on, everyone would have survived and everything would have been fine, probably. That ship would not be at the bottom of the North Atlantic. It's what's beneath the waterline and what cut the Titanic like a tin can was the jagged ice below the waterline. Icebergs are much larger below the waterline than they are above the waterline because if they weren't, they would just tip over. Enough about icebergs. The point is, though, is that this B-E-R-G-S framework, belief, empathy, resiliency, gratitude, and service of something larger than yourself were the things Kyle was teaching me during his cancer battle. And I got to tell you, looking back on it now, I cannot tell you how many times I've, I've used pieces of that mindset framework before I had really defined it as a framework. I had used the power of belief and faith so many times in my life up until this very moment. I have used empathy so often and seen empathy which the difference between empathy and sympathy is actually quite simple. Empathy you do with someone. Sympathy is you is something you do for someone. So empathy, you're kind of side by side, shoulder to shoulder. You're really engaged in the process. Whereas, again, sympathy can sometimes be distant. It can sometimes feel distant. Man, I really feel sorry for you. Those who are empathetic don't say, I feel sorry for you. Those who are empathetic, in my opinion, in my judgment, are right there with you saying, you know what? This sucks. This is tough but I'm here with you. I'm here to help with you with this, not feeling sorry for you. And that's where the power of mindset comes in. Whether all of you adopt the Berg's mindset, I'll leave that up to you. I mean, it's more, it's, you're more than welcome to. But the power of belief, the power of empathy, the power of resiliency, the power of gratitude, even in the worst possible moments, and the power of service, is really what Kyle taught me during his battle. And in future episodes, we'll talk in more detail about how each one of these elements showed up. The point of the iceberg metaphor is that I believe, and I'd ask you to consider, bringing those elements of your mindset above the waterline so they're not hidden away, your belief and faith in whatever that is. This is not a story of religion per se. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I believe he's our savior. And that's, that's it. That's hard stop. You don't have to believe in that in order to have belief. 
you can have faith in about anything. But as long as that faith is focused on good, and as long as that faith is true to you, then that can build belief. Empathy, it is such a powerful element of one's life. Resiliency. Resiliency in Latin is leap back. How many times in your life, I know in my life, I've had cause to need to leap back. Kyle is a wonderful example. Other illnesses in my, in my family, personal, professional challenges. These are things that you, there is no doubt that you are going to go through challenge and change in your life. How you leap back from those difficult circumstances and experiences is really what will set you up for that full life. Gratitude. And again, we'll talk more about this in future episodes, but the power of gratitude, I cannot, you cannot underestimate the power of thank you. Uh, you just can't. And then service, a service of something larger than yourself is the last element of this Berg's mindset of this framework that I'd ask you to consider again, it's yours to take, it's yours to apply. If you choose not to apply all of it, that's great. If you choose to apply one element of it, that's great. The key thing here is, and what I want you to take away from this first premiere episode of the Getting Through podcast is like, this is about having a mindset framework that works for you and the power of having one. Where do we go from here? We're about done with our first uh, episode. I am uh, hopeful that you're all still listening because I know podcasting world is you draw on the content whenever you want it, wherever you can have a few minutes to, to listen and draw upon it. Uh, you look for storytelling. You look for things that inspire you. You look for things that you can build upon into your own life. I'm hoping that this time we spent together has been valuable for you. If it gets one of you who happen to be listening to me and you share this with a friend and they listen to it and you're enamored by the story and you want to learn more about the story, again, my stated objective here is simple. Get people through their most challenging, I like to call them their worst possible things. If one person gets through their worst possible thing because of something they learned on this podcast or from a social media post or from the book, that's why I'm here. That's why I've created this format and this opportunity to come in and speak with all of you. But I did want to share, as I close, a story from this past week. I had the chance to speak at Butler University. I wasn't quite sure if the getting through message was going to resonate with a younger generation, but I'm here to tell you that it absolutely does. I just want to shout out to some of those that I had the chance to meet last week in this, and certainly my friend Todd Watring for inviting me in to speak to his students. I've actually had the chance to engage with some of them post-talk and provide some career advice. I'm actually meeting with somebody on Friday to talk about their desire to become a CEO and what it takes to become a CEO, which I think is just so cool. And this is, you know, this, this generation that we're all having a, a difficult time wrapping our heads around this new generation grew up with technology and screens and all these things in their lives. If you meet people where they are, they'll tell you exactly what their dreams are and what they want to accomplish. And I just want to thank that group that I had the chance to meet with last week for giving me confidence that the getting through message will resonate with all audiences, with all generations, whether you're a millennial or whether you're a Gen Z or whether you're a Gen Xer or whether you're a baby boomer, 
whoever's listening to this, whatever gener- generation you fit in, we've all had and will have getting through moments. I hope you enjoyed this first premiere podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, next week and speaking with you next week. We will have video clips of the podcast up on our website, which is www.thegettingthrough.com, where you can learn more about the book, more about my speaking engagements, more about the podcast, some about uh, the wonderful consulting business that my partner Al Meyer and I have put together to help businesses through their getting through moments. Please go visit me on the website and thank you for being part of the Getting Through community.